Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by a very, very special guest, Vicki Irvin. Irvine, sorry. Vicky is an incredible woman, and I first met her through one of her husband's uh, Lloyd's events. For a couple of years, Lloyd was one of my most admired mentors, and he really helped me put the pieces together, as well as connect me with other mentors such as Vicky and Ken McCarthy. And so it's such an honor and a pleasure to have her joining us today because her story is really remarkable. So after leaving her job and building her first company into a million-dollar business in 12 months, she learned very quickly entrepreneurship was the way to go. Today, Vicky mentors business owners and women on how to have it all in business, beauty, and balance while living a superwoman lifestyle through her live events, coaching programs, and courses. She's mentored over 2,000 people and celebrities on how to increase their own wealth, boost their profits, and employ marketing strategies few have been exposed to. The success of Vicky's coaching practice was built on her keen sense of marketing that helps her event, keeps her events selling out in any economy. She's also been featured in Millionaire Blueprint Magazine, Essence Magazine, CNN's HLM Prime News, USA Today, Lifetime TV, Bloomberg Radio, Essence.com, and Investors Business Daily. She's the author of the Superwoman Lifestyle Blueprint, The Secret Diary of a Superwoman, and her latest release, The Superwoman Lifestyle Brand Building Blueprint, all of which are available on Amazon. She's also a host and correspondent for Red Carpet Events, has covered the BET Honors, BET Bobby Jones Gospel, and Bally's Las Vegas. She is one of the strongest women I know and is truly an inspiration. Vicki, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here. So, um, yeah, and I appreciate just some little chit-chat before the call. It's been a while. It's been probably at least a year since I've seen you. So right. it's so nice to, uh, to catch up with you and to, and to have this call. But I know, like, Lloyd's story, because obviously that's how we met was through your husband, and I know right. him really well. Um, but I don't even really know, like, w- weren't you working in a real estate? Was it real estate before you got started? Or you were in a corporate office, was in Washington, D.C.? How did you even get started? Like, how did this happen? Well, you know what? It was actually, you know, I was a human resources professional. And all the jobs that I held since graduating from college were always in that arena. And so I was, you know, working my nine-to-five job, but being married to an entrepreneur, as you know, dealing with Lloyd, my husband. (laughs) And it was two different worlds. The language is totally different from the um, nine-to-five mindset versus the entrepreneurial mindset. So what he was talking about, I didn't understand. I thought he was nuts. I thought he was crazy. He was obsessed with the Dan Kennedys and all these men that I'd never even heard of. I was like, man, are you in some kind of cult? You know, I didn't know what was going on. But I was also seeing him make money and everything. It was like, what is he doing with these people, you know? And and we, we bumped heads a lot. When it came to, you know, taking risk in a household, you know, entrepreneurs take risks. Mm. Nine to fivers, we like to save and plan with our little 401ks. That's right. And so, <laughs> plan it safe. Yeah, plan it safe. And so 
Um, it wasn't until he finally dragged me to one of his mastermind meetings and I was exposed to a whole bunch of people talking the same language as him in a tiny little room. And they were all from different industries and backgrounds and they were all making millions of dollars, you know, in their respective industries. And I was like, OK, well, maybe it's not that crazy. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, so I literally one of the things that I did is we had a break to go to dinner or lunch. I can't remember. But I sat next to Bill Glazier, who was his mentor at the time. And I was like, well, you know, Bill, you know, this is fabulous. You know, I thought Lloyd was crazy at first, but now I'm being exposed to a brand new world. You know, what do you think that I could do so that I could be an entrepreneur? And he literally told me to get into real estate investing. And this was back in like 2006, 2007, when the real estate market was really booming. And he told me what to do. And that's exactly what I did. I went and I started learning how to invest in real estate. And then I quickly went and I created my own real estate investing program to teach other people how to do it. And that literally became my first um, million dollar business, my first entrepreneurial endeavor. That is so crazy. That's yeah, so crazy. Yeah. So that was that was my first, you know, my first wave into entrepreneurship was the real estate. And then after that, you know, women were like, help me, help me. And that's when I made the transition into what I currently do, which is coaching women entrepreneurs through my movement called the Superwoman Lifestyle. Right. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Vicky. And that's just an incredible story because most businesses don't even break a million dollars, let alone to do that with your first business in your first 12 months. Now, obviously, you kind of, you know, you were right off the bat, you were helped out by being surrounded by the right people and, yes. right, and almost had the education forced down your throat. Yes. I imagine for a lot of the new people, like even people listening on the call, like they're on their path, they're dead set. I mean, even, I don't know if you're aware, but the mission of this podcast is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. Awesome. So there's a lot of people that'll be following in your footsteps. And have you noticed that there were like milestones or challenges that you had to face? And do you know what I mean? Like big bridges that you had to cross looking back? Absolutely. And you're right. You know, it's it's not every day that you're able to make that kind of money, you know, right out the gate like that. But I was very, very fortunate. I realized I was in a very special position to be surrounded by people who were already doing it and who really had a great understanding of marketing. So that was the, the first thing I realized is that it is all about the marketing. And that usually takes people a very long time to realize. They try everything else in business and they run from the marketing. And so, yes, it was an anomaly. However, of course, there were still challenges because I was learning as I was going. And when I say I started investing in real estate for myself and then I started teaching other people, that was literally like four months after doing it myself. So like, who am who am I to jump out there and start teaching other people? So it was a huge learning curve for me because I'm a student at the same time of marketing and I'm trying to apply all of these strategies. Um, the grind and what you have to do to make that happen is very real. I was up, you know, hours and hours, day and night. I had a, um, my son was young at the time. I'm trying to have, you know, my marriage work out. It was, my house was in complete shambles. And, and I tell people that all the time. It wasn't pretty or sexy uh, making all of that money because it was very, very demanding. And there's a lot of work and action that you have to do to make that happen. So I, my biggest challenge was adjusting to this different lifestyle. You know, when you work a nine to five, you know, we, you know, this is the thing. When you're working a nine to five, you complain how much you hate it and you hate the hours. But when you're an entrepreneur, there are no hours. It's nonstop. Yep. 
Yeah. You know? And so now I think back and I said, gosh, I wish I could go from nine to five every day. That would be wonderful to shut <laughs> yeah. everything down at five. You know, now I'm like kind of missing it a little bit, right? That's right. Yeah. Because five o'clock, you're done. Like you, you done. walk out the door, you you leave all the, you're like a Friday at five, you just take a deep breath, you walk away and you know, you're like, I'll come back to it Monday. But when it's your business, when those yes. people, it's your name on everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. so that was my biggest challenge was learning how to adjust to this different lifestyle and balance and not feel lost and not feel like, oh my gosh, am I just going to be working nonstop all the time? Because, you know, I was like, this is a bit much, you know? So it was, it was just trying to adjust to an entrepreneurial lifestyle and trying to learn at the same time. And it was a serious grind. So uh, you said something that was really interesting. And I feel like I want to, I want to ask some questions about that. When you say it's all about the marketing, um, and that it takes some people, you know, a long time to get around the barn and kind of come to that understanding. Can you explain that a little bit more? What do you mean by it's all about the marketing? Absolutely. Um, for any entrepreneur or business owner, I think this is kind of how it goes. You're like, oh my gosh, I want to be in business for myself. I don't want to work for anybody anymore. I'm going to start my own business. So what's the first thing people do? They go and they start, you know, fussing over, am I going to be an LLC or S Corp or a C Corp, you know, and I'm going to get my business name registered and get a license. And then I'm going to get a website and and I'm going to set my laptop and the phone is going to ring. And that's kind of what people think. Or for people who have brick and mortar businesses, they think, hey, I'm just going to go and, and get a office space and people are just going to come flooding through the doors. And the reality is that there's so many areas and facets to what makes a business really work. But one of the key things that people um, tend to overlook or not realize how important is your ability to attract clients, i.e. through different marketing strategies. Mm. And um, they try everything else and they, they're doing ads and they just don't understand that they have to become a student of marketing because it requires you know, investing in yourself and learning the strategies behind what makes a person decide to buy from you. How's the person going to find you? Um, how are you attracting clients? You know, all of that stuff people don't understand and they don't understand that it's like, you know, if you want to be an attorney, you have to go to law school. If you want to be a doctor, you have to go to medical school. And if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you need to buckle down and invest in learning some learning from somebody who knows how to market, who understands systems and funnels and client attraction. And it takes people years to figure it out. And I think it's simply because you don't know what you don't know and because it's very foreign to people. That you tend to avoid the things that you don't understand or make you uncomfortable. Like, what's an opt-in page? And what's a widget? And what's a this? And people run from that stuff. And they keep trying, well, work on my brand. And they do everything else but the marketing. And so they waste years and so much time and money trying to avoid it just because they don't understand it. So typically when a person comes to me, I very rarely get someone who says, hey, I want to start a business and I want to learn how to market right now. It typically takes people about three to four years before they realize, okay, I guess I do need to go and learn marketing. So if someone's listening right now and they're like, Vicky, I am sold. You got me signed up. What do I need to do? Obviously, we don't have a, you know, we've got a short period of time. But what can you share with us? Like, what is, you mentioned some things like an opt-in page and that. Like, what, I guess, are the fundamentals? Can you break it down for us in a simple, like? Sure, sure. Yeah, this is the thing. It's like, you need to create your own following of people. You need to figure out a way to, to build your list. You know, all those times you're going to websites and people want you to put in your name and your email address or your address. Those are people building their list because you have to go off the premise that people don't typically buy from you the first time they they discover you. They need to get to know you. They need to feel like they can trust you. They want to see if you know what you're talking about. And so that means you have to build a relationship and rapport with people. And the way that you do that is by offering something of, of extreme value to them that they can sample for free by going to your website, entering their name and email, and then they can receive whatever your freebie is. 
freebies, but they you want them to get great value from it. You know, back in the day, the freebie used to be just a simple report. It, you have, it has to be so much more complex right now. Um, give it, so someone can say, wow, you know, I consumed this for free and this gave me so much value. I got a positive result from following what she gave me, he or she gave me for free. And now, the, and then when they do that, they're like, well, what else does he or she have that I can actually invest in and buy? But you have to massage that relationship and build a loyal following of people who are genuinely interested in your product or service. Not all this hope marketing and, and trying to turn your family and friends into customers. You know, that stuff doesn't work. And so you have to lay out systems and you have to lay out uh, um, a system to attract people to come to your site and, and build that following and build a relationship with people. And, I, you know, I, I've been doing this for years, Daryl, and I have people who, you know, literally used to come to my real estate events back in 2007 and will pop up at a, you know, one of my Extreme Women Entrepreneurs events like five, six, seven years later and say, hey, I've been on your list this whole time and I'm finally ready. You, you know, I get an email from you every week. That's years, yep. you know? So you have to stay in front of people and you never know when you're going to turn that prospect into an actual paying client or customer. You know, I love how you articulated that because it's true. People buy when they're ready to buy, not when you're ready to sell. That's and I remember right. one of Lloyd's events, he did this, and this is when it really made a huge impact on me. He had asked, um, you know, how long people had been on his list, and he got people in the audience to raise hands. And I think the guy, one guy had been on his list for eight years yeah. and never <laughs> bought anything and then spent like 1400 bucks to come to that event. I think he joined the mastermind group too. So it's like right. for eight years, he was watching and just lurking. Like he was just a creeper <laughs> in the peanut gallery. <laughs> right? You're just like I like mean mug and Lloyd through his computer, and then one day he's like, you know what? I'm gonna give him a fifteen hundred bucks, and then like more like eight years. Like anyway, so just to help emphasize, drive that point home for everyone on the call that uh, I love it. I mean, that's you're right. You're so it's so true. I mean, I've noticed a difference in my life since I've started following those same basic principles and understanding that it really is about the marketing. But you also like you said what, and I like that you mentioned that uh, use the word extreme value because you weren't like oh you just got to give them something to get the email. Like you were like you have to provide extreme value in advance because you're building a relationship right over the long mm -hmm. term. That's right. That's right. And what used to work, you know, people used to do just a little free report or a little free this or that. I, I recently spent a whole day doing a free um, training, video training that I'm going to give away for free. I'm like, gosh, this is work. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in front of a camera all day to give this away for free. But because I put some time into it and I made it really valuable, the people who opt in and get that free seven day business and branding boot camp that I give away, they love it. I'm getting emails all day from women going, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe you're giving this for free. I love it. I love it. And these are the women who are ending up to start to buy stuff from you because you've already given them so much value for free. It's worth it on the front end because the back end payoff is going to be so much bigger when you really put some time and effort into it. So, so that's now, were there any other big challenges? I mean, first you even talked about making the money. Like, are there, again, once you've made it, are there other hurdles? Like, is, yeah, I've arrived and life is grand. I'm going to kick with my legs up on the beach or. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wish. No, there's other challenges. And one of the things that you have to be mindful of is you have to um, you have to make sure that you evaluate and reevaluate your team every now and then, and that goes for you know the people working for you, your assistants, um, your accountants, your money people, because the money you were making before is very different from the money you're making now. And if you're working with a, a, a tax person who's used to um, just you know dealing with people who make you know sixty thousand dollars a year or maybe you know the low 
six figures, all of a sudden you've got millions coming through. That's not the same tax person that you need anymore. And so I think people don't realize that and you don't think about that. So we had a lot of bumps and bruises uh, as it pertains to changing your team and bringing the right people with you as you begin to go up the levels. Um, Income-wise and success-wise, you have to change your team. You'll have to do that several times throughout the life of your business, too, because the, the goal is to continue to go higher. And so you have to continue to say, are these the people that I need right now where I'm at in my business? And if not, you have to bring in the better expertise. So those are the big challenges that we had to learn, too. And I always tell people to look at that. Because, you know, when you're in it and you're fumbling through, you don't know what you're doing. Right. So, so it's great that you have information like your podcast, there where we can give out the information on, you know, the things that we went through. And, and, and somebody listening to this right now may be like, okay, I did make a huge jump. Maybe I need to get a new tax person, you know, stuff like that. Now, when you mentioned the team, part of when you, I hear you saying that, I'm like, okay, okay, but who do I even need on my team to begin with? Are there, like, there's some, personally, how do you decide when to hire someone to bring them onto the team? You know what I mean? Yeah, how do you yeah. Because yeah. I know for some people, like, hiring is a fearful thing because people are yeah. expensive. Like, the hiring <laughs> employees are expensive. Yeah. yeah, so when I say team in the entrepreneurial world, we're not necessarily talking about, you know, having a, a body in an office with you who comes in and does that nine to five and is on your payroll. For a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners like myself, our team consists of people who we hire through places like Elance or, or Upwards or, or different services like that who could work for you virtually. So you don't have the overhead. You don't necessarily have to have an office. And these are people who you can give hours to. You can, can work on a project basis. But these are highly qualified people who are able to do everything that you need done in your business the same way you would have a nine-to-five person sitting there minus all of the expense. A lot of times these people work in different countries. So the, the, the value of the dollar is very different. So you can work with them very cost efficiently and for a lot of entrepreneurs this is like this is a must have we need this type of working relationship to be able to get our work done and be able to afford to get our work done and and continue to increase our team so for anyone who's been wondering you know well do i have to hire all these people i can't afford it I don't do that either. Um, when you hear me talk about a team, I'm talking about people who work virtually for me where I can control their project hours or if I'm going to pay them on a project basis, and, and I can make it work into my budget. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs are doing. They're creating teams who aren't even in the office with them. And that's how we're able to move forward and continue to escalate and go higher. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I love that. I love that so much. So, yeah, and because... That's if there's been any recurring themes in all the interviews we've done with people. One of the key things that comes out is you, you can't do it alone. Nobody gets That's you right. Alone. You yeah. have to have a team. So yeah. now, how do you? Now with the team, I guess it's just a matter of figuring out the problem that you have, a frustration you're having, and figuring out like a role position. Because I guess the other question, I, and I get this a lot with teams, is like, well, how do I know like? Mm-hmm. I'm asking some pointed stuff here, but how do you, when you say like you manage a virtual team, do you know how to do everything that gets done in your business? How do you hire someone yeah. to do something you're not really clear on what needs to be done? You just got to go through it and get better at it. Is that when you say it's like really demanding is part of it is, is just figuring it out as you go and, and you know. Yeah, here's here's what I would recommend. There's, there's so many different things. You have your admin person and you have, you know, your accountants, you have the people who may work on, you know, creating funnels for you and your contact management system if you use AWeber or Infusion or something like that. But 
there's a lot of areas, let's face it, that, you know, are not my areas of expertise. And for us to sit there and pretend that we know every single thing that we're doing, like, I don't know how to put up an opt-in page myself, but I know how to find the people who do, and I know the result that I want, and I know how I want it to work. Right. And so, you know, if, 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 if what they do ends up working and, and it, it is doing the function that I, I, I hired them for, I'll know that that's a, you know, good person that I can go back to over and over again. And once you find the right people, they'll stay, you can keep them forever. You know, they have other clients and stuff, but you find reliable people who get the job done for you quickly, and they do things right, you, you tend to keep them with you um, for several years. So there will definitely be areas of business where you need to hire people where you don't have a clue <laughs> how to do what they're doing, you know? So there are some learning curves. The great thing about, you know, hiring through the services that I mentioned, like Elance and, and companies like that, is that they have rating systems. And it's very closely managed where people who've worked with them before are able to rate their work, you know? So they have high rankings, five stars. You know, someone is not good if people keep consistently giving them one star or whatever, and they have reviews. And so you can go straight for the people who have made a lot of money there, who have consistent clients. You can see their whole history. So you tend to know who the better people are, the way the system is managed. But yeah, there'll always be some areas where you just, you don't know. You're hiring people to do things that you don't know how to do yourself. Right. I, do, I do recommend that people you know, learn marketing and know the end result that they want. And so that you know if the person who's putting stuff together for you is, is giving you that end result. So you have to be really um, goal-oriented and knowing how you want things to be. If a person can build or design what you need them to do and you, you're getting that result that you want, you know you've got a good person on your team. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I love the insight that you can just, and that's something that I know that I do as well online is, you know, hire people that are proven to be competent at what you need them for and the transparency that you can get with some of these online hiring sites. So, I mean, you've got, all right, so it's all about the marketing and you need a team to do it with you and you're going to have to keep an eye on the team. And and I guess team building and team management is a skill set that if you want to be successful in business, you have to learn um, Mm -hmm. to be competent at, even if, you know, you have a project manager and an admin person or, you know, a manager, you still have to learn the basics. Do you find that a lot of people still get stuck or make common mistakes? Like if they know that and they're going down that path, like, all right, I'm trying to build my team and all right, I'm trying to focus on the marketing. You've worked with thousands of people. Do you find that people kind of make like the same mistake? Like when they're, when they're trying to go through that, when you're guiding them and they're trying to follow your path and they're going along that way, are there stumbling blocks that people get caught up on? There are, there are. First of all, the person has to be, you know, coachable. <laughs> right. People, people will work with you and say they want help, but then somehow they'll go and try to find their own way or they'll try to shortcut the process that you're giving them. You know, it's like follow A, B, C, and D. And the person says, okay, okay. And then they go and they follow A and they feel like skipping B and C and go straight to D. And then they come back and say, oh, that didn't work. And so uh-huh. is being coachable and understanding that, you know, things that are being given to them are models or not things that I'm making up or most of us don't just make stuff up we're trying to give you proven strategies and things that have worked for ourselves and countless other successful people that you can just emulate and so one of the biggest things is everyone's on a quest to do things so quickly they want to rise to the top so quickly but it is a process and you have to lay the foundation and follow the steps so people spend a lot of time stumbling and fumbling trying to shortcut the process when if they would just, you know, give themselves some, allow themselves to relax and lay a good foundation, they can get the result that they want. So that's one of the biggest things I see people doing is, is just kind of getting all helter-skelter and trying to 
take on too much themselves. You know, people still have this. We still have this. I think humans still have this. Oh, I can do it cheaper and better myself. Right. Mentality. <laughs> I right. You know, or, or, hey, it took everyone else, you know, yeah. a year. I'm going to get it done in four oh, weeks, yeah, right? Yeah, four weeks. And, and it just, it just does So we have to, we have to let people, um, you know, join up with us and, and, and we have to lean on other people to help bring our dreams to fruition. It, you know, teams really help when you get the right people. Um, it takes you out of the equation. It frees you up to spend more time on the income generating portions of your business and allows people to do all that nuts and bolts stuff that, you know, we just should not be doing as business owners. Mm, 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 mm. Can you talk a bit about some of the income generating activities that a person could be doing? If they're listening to this and they're, again, they're lost, like what is, because you just, I, lo- I love what you said and I'm such a huge advocate you know I have a reminder that pops up on my phone every day you know be productive not busy because it's not about trying to be busy all day it's trying to be productive so I mean for you what are the most important income generating things that you can do in a day so for me I say for me and, and most business owners I feel like it's our job to make sure we're attracting new clients every day um, I think it's our job to make sure our marketing systems are in place and that we are out there working our um social media or different ways that we're marketing and we're making sure that we are writing to our list. That's one of the things that I don't turn over to anybody else. Some people do if they find someone really good, but I like to write my own newsletters and easings to my list um, because I've studied you know, copywriting and I know what to say and, and how to say it to, to get someone to take the action that I want them to take. And also infusing my personality into copy and, and connecting with people has been very beneficial to my business. People will end up working with you based off of the, you know, craziest things, you know, oh, you have a son, I have a son, oh, I want you to coach me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so when you have that personal connection infused in your writings and your dealings with people, I feel like as a business owner, it's our job to go out there and make those connections and make people like you and build that rapport. And so I encourage every business owner, entrepreneur to spend a lot of their time making that happen because that's how the income comes in. You being you and infusing your personality and being human and, and, and con- making connections with people and telling your story and finding commonalities with other people, those are the things that attract people to you and make them want to end up working with you. So focusing on the marketing, client attraction, and making connections, and and being at the right networking events, a lot of them are a waste of time, it's like the blind meeting the blind, but being at the right networking events with the right people, offering value to other people first, and not trying to be a taker all the time, all of those things, I spend a large amount of my time doing that in my business, and that works for me. I love what you said, Um, you're kind of fading out, I don't know if, but you, but I love what you said there about how giving before you take, being a giver before you, you know, you try to take anything. I think that's right. huge. And the right. networking and building the relationships. Um, now, what would you say if someone said, yeah, but that's not my bit, like, you know, my business is different? Yeah, everyone thinks their business is different. <laughs> everyone thinks their business is different. Um, everyone, sometimes when they come from a more corporate or stuffy environment, like attorneys and doctors and dentists and chiropractors, they don't see how a lot of um, direct response marketing, which is what we teach, um, you know, fits into their world. But I happen to know plenty of, of attorneys and, 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 and doctors who have adapted this style of marketing and it's made their practices take off. And so what happens in industries like that is everyone looks around and they kind of all look the same because they follow each other. Uh-huh. And they all look like, I call it the yellow pages syndrome. You know, when you want to have your air conditioner fixed, you just open up the yellow pages and just you literally close your eyes and just point to an ad and just call it because they all look the same. Right. And so 
in more conservative industries like that, they feel like they have to do what everyone else in their industry is doing, and they wonder why they're struggling. And so the, the people who understand that their business, you know, it, it's not about your business being conservative. It's about you connecting to the people who are, have to make a decision to work with you or not. And use, using these strategies um, and focusing on that will help any industry. I don't care how stuffy you think it is. Um, so you have to kind of sometimes do the opposite of what your industry is doing. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, you have to be a renegade. You have to be willing to go against the grain, right? To, to stand exactly. to change yep. things. I mean, yep. look at Elon Musk. He's done that in every industry he's gone into and he's had massive success. He goes in and he just totally rebuilds it from the ground up. Even like Tesla, he's like, we're not going to sell the way everyone else sells. We're going to sell <laughs> yes. the consumer. And it's yes. just, it's about making it better. Like it's solving a problem and trying to solve that problem better than everyone else. So That's right. yeah, well said. Vicky, you're so smart. Now, <laughs> Um, do you feel that at any time, if anything, like there, was there anything holding you back? Do you feel like as you're going through this, I mean, especially cause a lot of people are probably so impressed. Like they must think you're a superwoman because you know, you've got a husband and he's got needs to take care of. You've got a son you're trying to, you know what I mean? You're leaving mm-hmm. a job. This is your first step in entrepreneurship and you're trying to make a household and you've got your own life and your own drama and like your personal life. And you're like, like, do you, do you feel that anything was holding you back? Would you have done anything differently if you could, you would, you know what I mean? Would you, if you could send yourself a message when you were starting off, what would you say to yourself? Oh, wow. You know what I had to do is I had to push through, which I think is normal, but I had to push through a lot of um, self-doubt. And I think that's a big thing, fear and self-doubt. I think, you know, like myself being the human resources girl, you know, it's like you, you when you're not content working your nine-to-five and you have bigger dreams and you have that feeling in the pit of your stomach that you are destined to do something more, something more purposeful, just something grander. That's how I felt, but I didn't feel like I had any other skills. Like, okay, I went to college, I have a degree, I'm in the field of human resources. What do people in human resources do besides go and get a new job at another company in human resources? What do accountants do besides go and get a new job at a different company in County, right? And so when you don't know what else you're made for, it's very, very difficult for you to see yourself in this role of, of doing anything else. And I had to push through the self-doubt of being the human resources person with no other skill sets. And I really had to buckle down and, and start to have this vision of myself deserving that kind of life and seeing myself being in that position. And I had to imagine it and I had to get used to it. And I know that's a roadblock for so many people that they're like, oh, this sounds good and it sounds good when I say it, but can I really do that? Can I really see myself? And so I, I, I this is something that I say now to, to my clients is like, listen, if you're out there and you see somebody else doing what you wanna do, that means there's a market for it. And if they can do it, you can do it too. It's not like you're trying to break ground or you know do something brand new. Most of us have competitors and people doing what we want to do already and so what do these people have over you nothing except that they pushed to their fears and they took action and so that was something that I had to, to struggle with and 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 then you know once you get a positive result Daryl as you know when you study something and you learn something and then you say okay I'm going to try this and you see it working you're kind of like oh my god this stuff really works (laughs) and i think once you get a positive result that's the motivation you need to push forward and go higher so i always try to get people to that one positive result to give them um the the self-esteem they need and the motivation and the realization that wow this does work and i can do it and that usually pushes people to do more got it well vicky you are so articulate i'm loving that yeah, well, much better than Lloyd with his stumbling on stage. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're always picking on him. You, you guys are awesome. 
Um, so what about habits? What habits does someone need? If they're looking at their day-to-day life, yeah. you know, what kind of yeah. habits are really critical and important? You said it was so demanding. And I imagine that, you know, almost like, let's say that uh, iron's forged in, forged in fire, you know, mm-hmm. like what sort of habits will you need to keep, mm-hmm. to, to, to keep up with those, that demanding pressure? You have to develop some decent time management skills because as entrepreneurs, we have new ideas popping in our head every second. And if we don't control them, you know, they'll have us all over the place and we'll be trying to dip and dabble everywhere and not getting anything done and not being productive. And so you have to at least try to accomplish one to two things on your to-do list that are going to drive income in your business every day. Not these long 20 page to-do lists every day where at the end of the day you look back and you're like, oh my God, I didn't do anything. That, you know, that just deflates you and it's, it's not realistic. So one to two things that you need to accomplish each day that are focused on generating income in the business. Um, another habit for an entrepreneur, I say, is to get into the habit of saying yes to opportunities. A lot of times what's going to happen is that you're going to be presented with opportunities to do something big that could be really beneficial for you and your business. And you won't feel ready. And you may not even have something ready to do this, but when that's that person asks you and presents you with something, say yes and figure it out later. Some of my best stuff has happened with people presenting me with opportunities. And I'm like, oh, yes, yes, I can do that. And then when I hang up the phone, I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yourself down and you don't want to let this person down and this great opportunity down so it forces you to produce if you let yourself off the hook then you know you're missing out on a a situation that may never come back your way again And and, and it's a fearful thing to do but i find that every time i do it i end up knocking it out the ballpark and it, and it propels me forward in my career even further. And so as an entrepreneur, get in the habit of saying yes. And then behind the scenes, you scramble and you go and get it done. I've launched events like that. I've launched products that I didn't even know what they were going to be. And they end up being fabulous because all you need is one person to buy. And you're like, okay, people want it. Let me go and produce it. And so, you know, getting it, reverse engineering the process the way that most people are normally used to doing it, you know, completing everything first, having everything laid out, and then trying to launch it, you'll go on for years and never get it done because you have an excuse to let yourself off the hook. So get into that habit as well. So wait, wait, let me just, let's recap that because I think that's Mm -hmm. a really important part. So you're saying, you know, make a couple of sales and validate the idea first and then build it. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Some of the people you see out there are doing that all the time. They're doing it all the time. You're like, okay, let me see if there's a market for this. Because no one wants to create courses and have stuff just sitting in their garage with dust on it. If you have have a great idea for something you think that your market um, desires, you know, kind of put it out there. Pre-sell it. And then people buy it. You know there's an interest in it. Then you can go and create it. Right, 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 right. So what do you do? Does that that have... This is, this is, I guess, more of a, uh, well, you know, and here's something I think that's important to mention for the callers. Information marketing is, you know, it's for every business, um, whether it's even on the front end or the back end. I mean, information marketing is the name of the game, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the industry you're in. But my question to you is, like, if you create all these products and that, how do you keep them from collecting dust on the shelf? You know, do you... Are you able to keep sales for a product that you made two years ago trickling in? You know, like, how do you manage that? How do you keep that? Or is the product, 
you know, so then just get repurposed and packaged into other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, does it become f- yeah. fuel for the future or? Yeah. Well, I'm huge into repurposing my materials. So if I sell something on stage at somebody's event and maybe it's going to be a training that they do with me over the course of five or four weeks or whatever, I'll record everything. And at the end of that training, I'll package it up and make it into a home study course that I can then sell off of my website, you know? So I'm getting, I'm getting paid by the people who signed up to work with me live. But then I also take the recordings and the transcripts of those recordings and I put it together in a home study course. And so now I can put that on my site and get paid off of that course um, as long as it's relevant, um, you know, for years to come. And so I'm always looking for ways to, to repurpose everything that I do because you can. You can turn things into webinars. You can turn that live talk into a webinar and invite people to the webinar and, and, and sign them up into training. So, yeah, as, as entrepreneurs, when we're in product creation mode, there's always more than one way to profit from a product or a talk that you do on stage or a teleseminar or a webinar. You can always repurpose that content. You know, I love what you said, and, and just because I, and one thing that I've heard, and I forget who told me first, but I think maybe it was like Michael Gerber or something, but just it was the business graveyard is littered with world-class products and services. <laughs> it's just littered with them. And so that's, you know, all these things never saw. It's that whole, like that Zen quote, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Well, I think that's kind of like what you said, like if nobody buys your stuff, does it even really exist to anyone but you? So exactly. I love that part because it's a fearful thing. How do you do that with and without feeling disintegrated? Because I know that's come up a couple of times with me with clients where I've suggested that and they're like, there's no way. What am I going to sell them a bag of air? So how do you approach that selling something that doesn't exist yet? Yeah, well, for me, you know, I know that I'm going to create it. You know what I mean? I know that I'm going to go and create it. You know, if I'm selling a course and I did, let me tell you a process that I just did. I just got back from L.A. And there's a phenomenal speaker and a woman who has a million-dollar business, and her whole thing is um, making more millionaires out of black women entrepreneurs. And she's a millionaire. Great story. She reached out to me, and she wanted me to come and speak at her event. And she, she'd been watching me, and she says, you have this very personality, celebrity-driven brand. She was like, do you have any courses or anything to sell around that? I was like, no. She said, you know what, but I challenge you to create it. <laughs> you and the way you maneuver, and I know you've been able to monetize your position in the market. She said, that's something that I don't teach that I think would be beneficial to my tribe. And she's like, you know, do you, do, I know it's a few weeks away, but you think you can do it? And that's one of those times where I could have easily said no, because I'm already busy. And I'm like, okay, well, what is this she's talking about? But I said yes, because she's, she's a person whose stage you want to get on. You know what I mean? And so I said, yes. And I create, and I sat and I thought about what she was saying, and she's right. You know, this is something that I do that's second nature to me, that I can teach people how to do it, because I do strategically position myself in the market for more opportunity, you know, by, by my branding and everything. And so I, I created the, um, the, the PowerPoint for it, and I went and delivered it. It was a $3,000 course, and I went and delivered it and knocked it out the ballpark. And, and now I just actually delivered the first training for it yesterday. That's awesome. Okay, so it's not really that it's a bag of air. It's just go and, and, and get it done. Oh, it's not at all. It's a bag of air, but just, just I, yeah, I, I yeah, was yeah. thinking of a particular client, and that was, you know, yeah. that was their yeah. thing. They like they felt they had to have they something. They felt they had to people. have it, yeah. So it's like you, it's, it's no different if you do it now or you create it afterwards. It's just mm-hmm. if you know yourself and you're going to create it, you know, you definitely have to rise to the occasion. And if somebody, you know, invests in you and buys something, you have to d- deliver what you say you're going to do. That goes to your integrity. But it's a great 
great way to force yourself to get more done. Well, and I also think it's because what a lot of people don't get is often the product isn't the difficult thing. Like anyone with a car, anyone with a car could be a cab driver, so to speak. But why do people work for Uber? Why do people work for the cab company? It's because they have the phone that rings with the customers. So the real money position is to be in control of the phone ringing with customers. Exactly. And so when you're talking about getting some sales before you make it, that's like make sure you got a phone that will ring with customers instead of just you know locking yourself in a room cackling making your dream thing that's really only for you than anybody else so um, that's right that's right yeah no that makes it makes perfect perfect sense um so well i guess this is something this is totally off topic but pricing how do you how do you approach that you were saying it was a three thousand dollar course how do you figure out what it's like what the value is because that's something as well that i know i've made that mistake like i remember i did uh with i had my martial arts school years ago um you know i made i did a seminar and i think i charged like 60 bucks a person for the seminar and i recorded and i had a dvd but then in my head i'm like oh but the dvd only cost me two bucks you know, and I sold it for like 15 bucks or something. And I actually had a couple of students message me saying, hey, you know, if I had known I could have gotten the same information for a couple of bucks, you know, I wouldn't have come and done the seminar. And so can you speak to that a little bit, like the pricing of, of it and pricing strategy? Yeah, um, you know, people ask me that, like, well, how do I price this or whatever? And I think it's a combination of things. For me, I would sometimes look around and see what other people in the market were charging for their event registration or for or for, or for their high-level coaching or whatever. And you kind of get a, a pulse for what people are doing. But people can either go – they can either position themselves as the highest price, the middle, or the cheapest. The worst position to be is the cheapest. I'm never going to be the cheapest, right? I consider myself more of a luxury brand. And so you have to be able to, A, back up the value and bring something that the other people who say they do what you do, um, you know, you have to you have to be able to kind of have something different, um, have a higher level of knowledge. There's a lot of people who say they do what I do, but they don't have the level of knowledge that I have. And so they're not able to command the higher prices. And so I, I base it on the knowledge and, and the investments that I've made in my own training and the knowledge and the, my ability to get a positive result for people. So if someone's going to invest $20,000 to work with me for a year or something like that, you know, I have to be able to get them a positive result. And I know that I can do that. So, and I know that I can do that because I have people who will do that multiple years with me, right? You get repeat clients, you know your value is there. So it's a combination of looking around at what other people are doing and making a decision as to where you want to place yourself. Do I want to be the highest, the midway, or the cheapest? And so I have always said the best place to be is is the highest price with with your ability to back it up because you attract a higher level of client, you attract a better client, you attract people who um, tend to work harder, and and the people who who really value self-investment. You know, you don't want the pain in the butt clients who are always looking for a bargain and want to barter and get stuff for free. That's not fun for anybody. And so, you know, in, in, in when you build a name for yourself and as you get out there, you know, you can back it up. You can charge more for what you do. I mean, you look at anybody out there, you know, make a pair of jeans and one pair of jeans is from the Gap. The same pair of jeans, you slap some designer name on it with the same material and they charge more because of their name, right? <laughs> so I, I tell people, you know, it's all about you being able – pricing – is going to determine who you attract. If you are looking for the upper echelon type of client who you know is going to value self-investment, is going to listen to what you say, and this tends to happen. You know, there's, there's nothing is absolute, but for the most part, you're getting people who are like, listen, 
what do I have to do? Here's the check. I'm ready to follow you. Those are what you call your dream clients. Mm, 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 so you want to position yourself to attract that type of clients. I think it's the best. I've worked with people on both ends, and trust me. But <laughs> <laughs> I like the ones who are coachable and, and just who, who just want to be, you know, they're ready to learn. And, and they're right. not going to over it. It's some, and it's just better for you in your business when you do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I fully agree. Do you have any quotes or anything that you kind of keep in front of you to help keep you motivated? I know from training with Lloyd and that that the gym's got quotes, you know, up on the wall. Um, yeah. How about yourself? My my probably my biggest one that I do when I find myself getting tired and just wanting to just like go under the covers and stay there. <laughs> it's like we all say that we want success, right? And so I do this thing where I just say, you know, to be extraordinary, you have to be willing to do things that ordinary people will never do. And if we look around, you know, and the people that we are around in our everyday life, who are our friends and our family or whatever, everyone's just kind of going and doing normal everyday things. Yeah. And so when you're the one who's, you know, your friends call and you're up, you know, three o'clock in the morning and everyone's calling you crazy for things you're doing, that's kind of when you know you're on the right path. If everyone's kind of giving you the side eye. Right. And looking at you and, and calling you crazy, that's one of the buzzwords. You're crazy. I can't believe you're doing all that. What are you doing <laughs> that's when you know that you're standing out to the regular, ordinary, everyday people who have chosen to stay ordinary. And so when I'm tired or when I am when I don't want to go to the gym, I say, okay, to get these positive results and, and, to, and, to, and to keep my positioning and to keep myself going, I do have to do things crazy. I may have to go to the gym at midnight sometimes, but that's what it takes. You know, no successful person is living an ordinary life. They're not doing anything ordinary to get to that level of success. And so I keep that in mind, and, and that's what helps to push me forward. Okay, Ex- extraordinary. Extraordinary, yeah. Love that. What about books? Are there any books that you kind of carry around with you, like a Bible? I know you've written some of your own. We already mentioned them at the beginning of the call. I think the the title is The Superwoman Lifestyle Blueprint, The Secret Diary Mm -hmm. of a Superwoman, and The Superwoman Lifestyle Brand Building Blueprint. Those are, of course, available on Amazon. Any other books that you are dear to your heart? Um, I've been reading, um, you know what I've been reading recently is a book from one of my uh, mentors, James Malinchek, on Millionaire Secrets. I've been reading it because I've been working so much with, and, I, and I've been diving back into my own branding book. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, did I say that? I do that too. I'm like, did I write that? I'm so smart. <laughs> There's some good stuff in there. I'm like, gosh, I gave all this away in a book. I can't believe it. But, um, <laughs> but I've been looking at James's book on Millionaire Secrets because he's he's such an expert at making connections, which I have found to be of all the things out there when it comes to marketing and sales, your ability to connect with people and make people want to work with you and really like you um, is going to be so crucial to your business. And he is a master at it. And he wrote this entire book on um, secrets on getting in with the right people and, and, and how, you know, endearing people to you. And it's some priceless information. And I've been um, reading it so that I can start practicing it. You know, because we encounter people all the time. So why not practice some of these strategies and see how they work? So that's what I've really been into lately, um, that his, his book on that, that right there. That's awesome. Great. So that's James Malinchek, and we both know him. Um, 
So, but so, what are you excited about now? What are you like? What are you doing that you're really passionate about? That's really motivating you these days. Yeah. So, what I'm working on now, um, along with the team, is you know my superwoman lifestyle movement. When I created, it, I had three pillars to it: business, beauty, and balance. And coming from hanging out with all the men and, and learning from all the guys, you know, the guys didn't have as much problems selling and promoting themselves as women do. You know, so I uh, thankfully came up understanding that it's about self-promotion and putting yourself out there. But so many women have a problem with that, right? And so when I first started trying to teach women, I was like all hardcore, like the guys and like bullying everybody. And the women were looking at me like, ah! <laughs> so I said, let me soften this up a little bit. And so I created Business, Beauty, and Balance. And we have to address the fact that women have issues with how they look on the inside and the outside and the whole balance thing in their lives. And so... Um, I, I do that now. And then it came a point a couple years ago where I wanted to expand on the beauty portion of my business. So I created my own cosmetic line um, within my brand called the SWL Collection, which also SWL obviously stands for Superwoman Lifestyle. And I named the, the, the lipsticks and the products empowering names and buzzwords for career and entrepreneurial women like Boss Lady, Superwoman Success. And I was just going to, you know, market it to the following that I already had. Well, it started to take off. And then I got a celebrity to help me endorse it. And so now, you know, what started off as a cute little extension of my brand, I'm now actively working on building into another multi-million dollar company. Um, and so I've, I've taken this summer and, and right now I'm really working on getting the brand out there and doing some viral marketing that we're going to be doing to introduce the brand um, to the world and really uh getting a whole new customer base with the whole cosmetic line and following, of course, the same marketing strategies, the same stuff I did for real estate, the same stuff I do for my coaching business. I'm now applying, applying those same marketing strategies to the cosmetic business. And a lot of it, as I look around and do my market research, the cosmetic business has never done before. And this is one of the key things, too, I want to let your, your followers and your listeners understand is that um, there's a lot of big businesses out there who don't employ a lot of the strategies that entrepreneurs and small business owners do. And they're mm -hmm. No matter how great they're doing, they're still missing out on so much opportunity because they don't know a lot of this stuff. And so I'm kind of coming into the cosmetic industry and applying this to see how it works because I don't see any other cosmetic industry um, doing it. So that's going to be fun. That sounds like a lot of fun, and especially as a woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I'm a guy, and I'm already excited. So I'm like, if I actually like cosmetics, I would be through the roof. That would be yes. – <laughs> So, Vicky, you've given us so much value today. You've obviously been here and done that. You walk the talk. Uh, you're living the talk. You're helping others climb that ladder as well. If anyone who's been listening to this really is like in, uh, vibing with what you're saying and with your message and with you, how do they get in touch? How do they get on your list? What's like a good path for them to follow? Absolutely. They can go to my website at VickiIrvin.com, and it's V-I-C-K-I. I-R-V-I-N. I, um, that training that I mentioned that I spent a whole day giving away for free, that's on there. It's called the brand, um, it's my boot camp on branding, business and branding, and you'll see a chance to, to opt in and get started with my video training right away there. I also have a great CD that I did with Oprah Winfrey's boyfriend, Stedman Graham, who's a frequent speaker at my events. We have a C CD together on success. Right. He can, can you say that again just because that you cut out there? I, I know what you're saying, but can you just say that again? Sure. A CD with who? Make sure. Can you hear? Okay, with uh, Stedman Graham, Oprah Winfrey's boyfriend. <laughs> 
who um, is a is a wonderful businessman, a very successful businessman. Prior to meeting um, Oprah, he runs a multi million dollar company, Stedman Graham and Associates, and he's a speaker and he does trainings for huge corporations on leadership and success. And he's been a speaker at my events a couple years in a row. And we've done some CDs together on success where I interview him and we talk about branding and success secrets. And you can get that. You can download that audio for free on there as well. Um, every thought leader and industry leader who's gotten their hands on that CD is like, wow, this is some serious stuff that Stedman is dropping here. So these are the types of things you can go to my website and get for absolutely free at VickiIrvin.com. And again, the spelling is V-I-C-K-I. I-R-V-I-N. Vicky, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Man, you're you're pretty thorough. <laughs> I don't think so. You're pretty thorough. Okay. You know, I love what you're doing out there and, and and your mission. I love that your your show has a mission to to help make more millionaires and bring people on the path because we definitely um, need more of that and it's attainable and when people connect with the right people and they follow people like you and learn different strategies and, and make the investment and commitment to um, deal and work with a coach and stop trying to figure out things on their own. So I absolutely love what you're doing. So many people have dreams and so many people have greatness within them. If they attach to the right person, the right mentors, the right coaches, they can bring all of those dreams to fruition. So I love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you. And I mean, to be, again, like you and your husband were an inspiration on that path. You guys helped lead me along the way. And this whole podcast was spurred because I was having coffee with a friend and I just was working with John Asraf, and we just had done 1.6 million with an evergreen funnel that was really just running with some Facebook ads, almost like a side thing. Like it was a sad, every Saturday we had the event and we would, we were at our peak. We were spending $3.50 for a lead. We were grossing 27 uh, per lead. That was at the best. It started to flatline as we scaled up, but we were up, we scaled up to doing 120 a week. And I remember I was having a coffee with a friend. He said, Daryl, if I knew the people you knew and I could have the conversations you can have with them, I'd be doing multi-million dollar marketing campaigns as well. Cause as a company as a whole, we did three and a half and that was just the one funnel yeah and so that's what this is i mean it's people like you that i know that if people could reach out to and find like even find out that vicky exists and get on the list that it could really change their lives and so um it's just paying it forward and so it's almost full circle to have you in here i gotta get lloyd on here next but um there really is it's a full circle thing so i just appreciate you coming here you gave away a ton of value Uh, there's a ton of great content anyone listening to this that really resonated with it i encourage you to go back and listen again to 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 reach out to Vicky and get on our list because um, we're all just here. You know, we're grateful for the people that helped us. We're looking to help others. And it's just about finding like-minded people that want to make a difference in the world and, and working together. So, um, Vicky, thank you again so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate you and your family and your time today and what you guys have done for me over the years. And um, just thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Daryl. You've reached the end of our interview. Now first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with Or give them to just do it for you. Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. 
We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast, and if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself, and remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.